Welcome to the Loss and Lifting Talk podcast. The show is created to help you find your confidence by breaking down the complicated science of training and nutrition and turning it into simple, but more importantly, practical solutions that you can implement right away to start creating real results inside your body composition. We don't stop there either. We dive into the mental aspect of fitness to not only build a better body, but a better life all around. Podcasts were the medium where I learned and grew as an individual more than any other place in my life. The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Alex, how you doing, man? I won't lie. I about two, three hours earlier was, I was really looking forward to a nap. And then I realized today's Wednesday and today's podcast day. And I was like, oh shoot, no nap for me today. Um, it's just one of those things I find with not having like a specific Monday through Friday work schedule. Sometimes I'm just like, what day is it again? And Do you then, take naps and, often? Not very often, but since getting in that routine of the 5 a.m. works or the, I guess, 6 a.m. workout sessions, waking up at 5 a.m., this is the second week of doing it. And I was today, I was like, yeah, I sure could use a nap today. But luckily, since I want to say I started this a couple years ago, anytime I have something like scheduled or like someone tells me something or it's like a reminder for myself, I immediately put it in my calendar or since I always have my phone with me, I'll open up the reminders app and like anything that's said, I just input it in there. So I like, I don't say I never forget because I don't think that's very realistic, but I've, it has really made a significant difference in terms of like just making sure that things are done and making sure they're done at the right time. Yeah, for sure. I do the same thing. I use Google calendar. And between myself and my assistant, my entire schedule, like my entire week, I know exactly what's happening. Like I schedule everything down to like, if I'm going golfing or if I have, if I like am planned to like have a driving range session or at the golf course or like my workouts, podcasts, calls with current clients or people are inquiring, like it's all on there. Even like my meditation, I put everything on there. So like through the day, if so if I have things that I need to do, it, I'm getting a notification to do it. And then if I don't, mm. then I know that like, okay, it's reasonable to take a little bit of downtime here just because there's nothing immediate that's scheduled, right? And so I think that that's a, a super helpful thing to do. I think even for a lot of people out there, I I really hound on this with clients as well, especially clients who are struggling to stay consistent inside of their training, right? Like you should be scheduling out your training sessions, in my opinion, on a day-to-day basis, just like you would schedule out a hair appointment um, to pick up your kids from school, um, a job appointment that you have, like a job meeting or job calls, whatever that is, your training should be scheduled into your into your day-to-day and into your week at select times, just like anything else that's important to you. Because what I find so many people do in that regard is what they'll just try to find time, right? Like in air quotes, try to find time for their workouts and make it fit in as opposed to scheduling it out and making time for it at the first of the week so that you know, like, okay, at nine o'clock on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm training from nine to 9.45. And what that does for you subconsciously, like if you take the time beforehand, to plan that sort of thing out, when that time comes, you're far more likely to do it. And if you don't, you're going to feel far more guilty for not doing it because you've taken time deliberately beforehand 
to plan that out, which will help hold you accountable to it, as opposed to not necessarily having a select time frame of when you should get when you're going to get in your training session and you're just finding time to. It's so much easier to make excuses as to why you didn't do it and um, just ignore that essentially and not have that guilt feeling of not doing it or holding yourself accountable to it. I believe you have an Instagram post kind of discussing that. And that's I post it all the time. I, I post it like when once I saw a month. It, when I saw it, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to start telling my clients this exact thing. So I've actually stolen that from you. And I'm like, all right, like, look at your schedule, plan the week out ahead of time. And typically, like when people hear the word plan the week out, they think instantly just like, oh, meal prep. They don't typically think like, oh, actually schedule my training sessions and so what I find happens to a lot of clients who like, I guess, plan the week, but don't necessarily like plan their training sessions in, especially because 99% of my clients are only training three, four times a week. And that's just kind of what's been found to be most effective for them. Same. There's obviously like two to three days, like there's a good chunk of the week where you're not training. But at the same time, that extra time can actually end up being a little bit worse because then it's like Monday and it's like, oh, I still have the whole rest of the week. Oh, it's Tuesday. I still got five more days of the week. And next thing you know, it's Thursday and you're wondering, how am I going to cram these, you know, four sessions in? And it's like, odds are you're probably not. And so, yeah, I mean, that's something I've taken from you, implemented with clients of my own and just, it makes the world of a difference. And work-wise for myself, something that I've started doing is, I live at home still. I work in the basement. And so like this side here that you see on camera, this is like where typically we'd have guests stay um, when they come over. The other side of the basement is my dad's man cave, which is just basically like a whole entire room full of like Manchester United soccer stuff. And he's got like a nice TV and he comes down here to watch all the games. And so in the past, I kind of found like I'd plan to do work. But then like he'd be down here watching the game. I'm like, well, I can't be doing videos during that time. So now I actually went ahead and scheduled out each of their games for the rest of the season. So I know exactly when he's going to be down here, what times he's watching the games. And I can basically plan my work around that. So there's no more like, oh, I was going to record, but you're going to be down here watching the games. And it's just like we've said, it's a total, total game changer. And it takes all but five, 10 minutes, like at most to do. Yeah, it's just the I, I we talked about this on an earlier podcast. I don't know if that podcast came out last week or the week before, potentially even the week before that. We're scheduled out a little bit. So as we record these, these episodes don't come out to like two or three weeks later. But we had that conversation around being reactive opposed to being proactive, right? Whenever you want to uh, other create... way around. You mean be proactive, oh, not excuse reactive. Me. Yeah, being proactive instead of being reactive. And those who struggle with consistency are generally very reactive to their day-to-day life as opposed to being proactive and setting things up in a way to where you're pre-planning like what your day is going to look like, what your nutrition is going to look like, what your your week for the times and how many times you're going to train throughout the week. What's that going to look like? Um, even with, with your kids, like scheduling things out specifically so you know when you have to take them to this or to that or drop them off or pick them up from school or whatever it could be in your life, being proactive and setting up a plan for your week of, okay, I have all this shit going on. How, where can I find time blocks to prioritize the goals that I've set for myself? And I'd be pretty hard pressed to 
have anybody in a position to where they can't find some time to actually make that happen. Does that mean that it might cut into your sleep slightly? It could potentially, if you live a, a busy life, does that mean it's going to cut into the time where you're sitting on the couch? Yeah, potentially. But if you're in a position to where you're trying to make improvements in your life and your mindset and your actions and your commitments that you make to yourself, essentially, that comes with sacrifice, right? It, I don't know anybody who's has a, a fit body or a good mindset or has done something financially to a, a big extent or, or whatever it may be, or has good relationships, whatever it is that hasn't made sacrifices in some form of a way to reap the long-term benefits of those different things, right? And so I think that's where people get so caught up is they're, they really want to achieve, let's say, um, less body fat or build muscle or what, or improve their mood, whatever it may be. They really want those things, but are they willing to sacrifice the things that they're currently enjoying that are leading to a, a short-term short-term enjoyment for a long-term um, non-fulfillment? Are they are they able and capable and willing to accept that it's going to take some of that short-term sacrifice, that short-term grittiness of what you don't necessarily want to do in order to reap those longer-term benefits of those said goals that you think are going to make you happier and live a more fulfilled life in the long run? So I'm curious because I'm one curious for myself, but also just curious for the people listening to you mentioned, sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice a little sleep in order to get everything that you want done. At what point, I guess, do you see it? Mm, I don't know how I want to word, word this. When do you see it being beneficial to cut into your sleep schedule to like get something like a training session in and when would you opt for the extra sleep you know because like people always say you should be sleeping eight hours a night but what if that training session then that they're scheduled for gets some um, six hours of sleep a night how do you kind of balance the detriments of one with the benefits of the other you understand yeah. kind of what I'm asking? Yeah. When it comes to sleep, that's a really good question. I think that's kind of a hot topic right now. At least I see that on social media a decent amount because it swung so away on the other pendulum, like social media culture wise, like the hustle culture of social media and people's content was always about like, you have to sacrifice sleep. You have to sacrifice this. Like if you want to achieve the goals that, that you have. Right. And like, that was kind of the mantra for a decent amount of years. And now it's kind of swung the other way to where people are like, no, you have to like prioritize your sleep, like get everything that you need, like take time for yourself, slow down, like don't be so hard on yourself. Right. And as with anything in the world, like our culture seems to, especially these days, kind of live on either end of the extreme, right? It's like sacrifice everything, sacrifice your sleep, sacrifice your health to achieve the goals that you have for yourself. And now we're on the complete opposite to where it's like, no, take time for yourself, like calm down, be easy on yourself. Like don't be too hard on yourself it's always somewhere in the middle. Correct. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, you have to find that correct balance for you. Like, I'm not saying if you're only getting five hours of sleep now and you don't have time, like we'll sacrifice your sleep, right? Get four hours of sleep so you can get in your training session. But if you're able to get, like, let's say you're getting seven and a half, eight hours of sleep per night. Like if you truly don't have any time, and again, I'd be hard pressed to find somebody like, I don't think this is out there a lot, but I know there's particular people that are probably in that situation. But like, if you have, if you're getting seven and a half, eight hours of sleep per night, well, could you wake up 45 minutes earlier 
to get in a training session, right? So that you're getting closer to said seven hours of sleep per night. Well, that's probably not going to impact you a lot. You would want to pay attention to how your energy is throughout the day. And like over the course of a few weeks, is that really negatively impacting you energy wise, then you maybe need to find something else out. Right. But like my kind of golden rule when it comes to sleep is optimally, I'd like to see someone getting around like seven to eight hours of sleep per night. Not not necessarily a whole lot less, not necessarily a, a whole lot more than that, but like my baseline, like minimum baseline that I think that you should be getting every single night. And the, this is more personal opinion than a professional opinion. Like I'm not a sleep expert in any way, but for myself personally, like my hard deadline essentially is it has to be at least six and a half hours, right? Like if I have to get up early in the next day, like I'm going to make, like, I'm not going to get up any earlier than me getting at least six and a half hours of sleep. And I don't want to do that forever, but I can go through short spans to where I'm only getting that amount. And if it's starting to negatively impact me, then I'll start to increase that back up. But my sweet spot is I usually aim for like seven and a half hours per night. If I have a lot of shit going on or life is super crazy, that may decrease slightly, but that's kind of where my sweet spot is. And then I can either sometimes maybe increase that a little bit, or if I have a lot lot going on in life and lots of, of whatever's happening, that can cut down to around six and a half. And so that's kind of the sweet spot in regards to that, in my opinion. No, but yeah, for I think, I think that's one thing to add to that. Sorry, really quick. What I'll mention with clients when we're talking about this, like maybe you need to get up a little bit earlier to train. A lot of people at nighttime are taking a long time to get to bed, right? And so when I say cut into your sleep, like subconsciously what I meant when I said that even in the first place was go to bed earlier so that you can wake up a little bit earlier and get the exact same amount of sleep. Because chances are you're hanging out on the couch watching TV or you're laying in your bed. And I'm just as guilty of this as anybody else with my phone on watching a, a YouTube video of, of some sort such as random randomness that I don't necessarily need to be watching. And it, it would be much better for my productivity um, for each day just to shut my eyes and shut everything off. And so that's like when I'm talking with a client about this, it's like, how can we get you to bed a little bit earlier? So maybe you can get up a little bit earlier to get a training session in to start your day. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the way it was worded the first time may kind of leave people thinking, oh, just cut into my sleep. But yeah. just like you said at the very end there with a the tidbit that you added on, very rarely is it that like we can't still get seven, eight hours of sleep. More so is it about finding the time within the day, the hours that you're already awake for. And like you yeah. said, a lot of times that's watching too much Netflix, scrolling on your phone too much, just kind of, you know, oh, well, there's an hour between this appointment and that appointment. I'm just going to kind of sit and, you know, do whatever between, you know, cause it's like, well, it's an empty yeah. gap of time. Like I don't want to do a full on workout, do a full on workout. Or sometimes I even feel like it's, uh, I guess, a expectation that like workouts have to be X amount of time. Like a workout has to be an hour plus to be effective. But sometimes it's not a matter of that. It's just a matter of like, how can I get in an effective workout and, 30 to 45 minutes. And so with all that being said, it's, you know, it's not really about, oh, let me cut into my hours of sleep. It's about how can I manage time better around the sleep? And that's kind of, I think, what we were trying to emphasize there. I agree. I agree 100%. How is, uh, how's your training and, and fitness going these days? Nutrition Good. and all that kind of stuff. Is it just kind of flowing in autopilot? Are you working towards anything? 
no competitions, nothing of that sort. Um, but I've still just been really enjoying Paragon's program. So I talked about this, I want to say probably like post like two-ish months ago and just still, I mean, I just love the way they program. I love the, I don't know, just like the length of the phases, the movements they incorporate, the signs they use behind it. So one thing that's really cool is with each phase that they do, they do like a write-up of like, here's what you should expect. You know, here's like why it's written the way it's written. And then just kind of like we've talked about before, we do that all day for clients. Rarely do we want to sit there and then take the time to do it for ourselves. So being able to kind of put that in the hands of another expert within the industry just allows me to just kind of de-stress in that area, go in, know it's effective. Um, workout times themselves are kind of mixed up a little bit, kind of depending on time of year. But how long really is going currently? In, what? How long are your training sessions inside of that currently? So this morning, it was around 50 minutes, but that's actually the shortest it's been in quite a while. And I know exactly why. So I've used training apps for years, but never within the app have I actually used the rest timer. So like Train Heroic like has their rest timer built in. Yeah. I've always just kind of been like, oh, well, I can just kind of like guess in my head, right? And so I'd be in the gym, you know, hour and 15 and like hour, and that kind of includes, so like it's winter here. So I go in, I sit in the sauna. I typically do like a five minute dynamic warm up. Something is to kind of get the body temp warm, get the muscles warm. But like once I started the actual workout, I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit there and I'm going to actually use the rest timer. And so my workout today, I want to say was incline dumbbell press, I had, let's see, let me just actually just pull it up and I can tell you exactly what it was because I can, my uh, brain is not working correctly at the moment. So let me pull this up. But basically it was, it was like five, six movements and all around two to three hard working sets. And like I said, I used the rest timer, was it went like in. push? Or just a four? Um, yeah, it was an upper push. So let me go to today. What's the split? It's a five. So they just moved to a five-day physique. And typically it was a four-day physique. I'm giving their five-day physique template a go now. And so this is my first time around. So it's upper, lower, off. And then it's push pull leg so it's like upper like lower push pull legs combo i've ran that um one. and yeah i mean i used the rest timer today for the first time and it was just the world of a difference in the time in the so time you usually take too long in between i usually your... take way too long i scroll on the phone between sets people come up yeah. and talk to me between sets um but yeah i just figured basically today that I was like, oh, like I've really been slacking on the rest time. So my workout today was incline dumbbell bench press, one and a half reps. It was a unilateral um, single arm, like, or I guess single arm is unilateral, but single arm cable side raise, uh, flat barbell bench press, dumbbell lateral raise, and cable tricep ex extensions with um, an overhead tricep extension. And all that took me like 50 minutes actually yeah. following like a strict rest period of like in each rest was like a minute to two minutes mostly like two minutes was it that's how i try to like i try to i'll start a new song with every set that i do and then um typically those songs are like 
three-ish minutes, right? The typical song is around three minutes or so. And then after the, like, after I finish the working set, I wait for that song to basically finish. And then I'll go into my mm-hmm. next working set with the start of the next song, which seems to to work pretty well. But so your minutes, your workouts before were like an hour to hour and 20 minutes, which that's, that's how mine used to be. I've gotten much more minimalistic in my training the older that I've gotten for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like I've just found like, for like old shoulder injuries that I've had, old lower back injuries that I've had, some even knee issues that I've had throughout all of the years. Like just keeping, in my opinion, like finding for me, like specific movements that are very joint friendly and then um, just sticking like with each body part with like two different exercises is all um, that are joint friendly and like feel good and just focusing on progressing those has kept me much healthier and like motivated to train and like with the confidence of knowing that I'm not going to necessarily tweak anything. When I was younger, I was always hurt because I was doing like a ton of barbell squats, uh, barbell bench press, um, deadlifts and stuff. I was always tweaked. Like I either had a shoulder injury, I had a back injury. Like I always had something that was kind of holding me back. And as I've gone more minimalist with even less sets, less exercises, um, I've just been able to stay so much more fluent in what I'm doing like today. So I did a a push, which was just chest and a little bit of shoulder volume at the end of it. I literally did three sets of incline barbell press, three sets of deficit pushups, and then four sets of, I did a superset between banded lateral raises for the short position and then a, a dumbbell lateral raise and more of the, like an incline. Have you ever done that before where you sit like incline on a dumbbell bench like how you would for a dumbbell bench press i know people a lot of a lot of people will do it prone right to where your stomach's mm-hmm. on the bench like so you're laying in your faces facing the floor but i've been doing the the or the dumbbell lateral raise where i sit like i would doing a dumbbell bench incline press and then from there it creates a big stretch on that lateral head if you can get it like down behind your body and lateral raise up have you ever seen that before i have not but i was kind of envisioning envisioning it in my head it's solid. And the way I kind of envisioned it was I feel like it would make the tension harder from the start of the movement. It is. It's more like lengthened. It's, gotcha. Yeah. I'll say because yeah. typical lateral raises, it's going to be hardest kind of like midway up, like up to the very top. Yeah. This way, I guess it's more like um, what I would program as like a wrist height cable lateral raise, which yeah. would have the same effect. I just don't um, have But cables. now that's a unique way to kind of I've I've seen pretty much all that you can see as far as exercises go, I feel like, but that is one that like I've never actually seen before. Me either. I've never heard anybody talk about it. I might do a post on it. Cause I just kind of like, I was going to lay on the bench and do them um, prone position. So my stomach is on the bench and looking down at the ground, but like I wanted to add a way to be able to do them from a lengthened position and a shortened position. So like using a band and doing a lateral raise, that's going to challenge you most in that shortened position, right? Like not a great exercise to do on its own, in my opinion, with the band, just because that resistance profile is, is terrible with the band. There's no resistance at the bottom and it's the strongest at the top, but Mm -hmm. doing those at first to really challenge that shortened position to failure and then throwing in that incline lateral raise afterwards, which works mainly the bottom half of the movement gives you a really good resistance profile between the, the super set, um, which is kind of cool. And yeah, like I said, I've never seen anybody really talk about that movement before. I don't know if there's like any from like any of the biomechanic experts, if there's any disadvantages to that, but I feel like overall, like limited equipment and you're trying to work um, the lateral head from both a shortened and lengthened position. That's a solid route to go. Mm-hmm. Especially because I find like with certain movements, 
with bands especially, it can be so hit or miss. Because, like, you know the difference in the thicknesses of the band? Mm -hmm. Some might feel really freaking easy to, like, do the lateral raise with. But then it's like, if I want to take the next step up, it's like jumping up in, like, 20-pound increments. It's like going from 20 pounds to 40 pounds. You know, in in my time of lifting, I guess I started nine, ten years ago, like, nine-ish years ago. And I've moved from the seven-and-a-half-pound dumbbells up to like 17 and a half pound dumbbells for lateral raises. Yeah. So about one pound a year I've increased on my lateral raises. And it just kind of, yeah, I mean that, I say, give it a go. Maybe even incorporate that in the next round of the group, uh, group coaching template. Yeah, that's a good trying. idea. I'm about to start building that, that out for everybody. Cause we started a new block this next week. Maybe I'll, I'll add that in. I've done it three or four times now and haven't had any issues with it. So maybe we'll throw that in. I'll, that'll be a good, a good TikTok post too, to, throw something up like that as like a superset with the bands and the lateral races because it's a little bit unique but i feel like super effective i actually just we talked about the home gym stuff i think last week like with my mm-hmm. home gym two nights ago i just made another purchase and ordered a basically a functional trainer but it's plate loaded so like i did a bunch of research have you seen the plate loaded like cable machines to where you th- mm-hmm. instead of like the pins you'll throw plates on it and that's how you create your resistance I've always been super nervous to buy one of those just because like when you get cheaper ones, like I get nervous about like the, the resistance profile, right? Like how much staticness are you going to get on the, like the, the cable portion of it that's going to make it harder and not feel quite as smooth. Like there's nothing worse than a, a cable machine in a gym. When I owned the gym, like one thing that I was always super mindful of was always lubing up all of the cable machines to make sure that they were nice and smooth. Cause like I said, there's nothing worse going into a gym and like you're trying to pull up 10 pounds and it feels like 50 pounds because the staticness on the plates that are trying to go up and down on the bar that are uh, uh, held on with the cable are just like super sticky. And so I did a bunch of research and I found one that had a ton of really good reviews in regards to like, it was smooth and whatnot that I just ordered that should be here tomorrow that I'm going to put together that I'm super excited about. Which one's that, that you ended up picking? So it's from Titan Fitness. Um, okay. And I've never bought anything from Titan Fitness before. Like they, they're a pretty popular brand in regards to like home gym equipment. Um, but I've like always seen mixed reviews on their stuff, especially back in the day when I was um, really looking at different types of gym equipment and stuff. There was like, it was so back and forth. Like some of their stuff was good. Some of it was bad. But it seems like in the last few years as I've still kind of paid attention to to gym equipment, that's kind of like a... Uh, like a weird little like ha- hobby that I have is just looking at gym equipment. Cause when I had my gym, like I was always looking for equipment. It was just something that was kind of fun for me. So I've always done it. But anyway, long story short, Titan has seemed to over the last few years really improve their product lines and like become one of the, the better manufacturers for home stuff, right? Like the best manufacturers for for gym stuff, in my opinion, especially if you're looking for commercial type of stuff, will always be Rogue. Everything that I've ever bought from Rogue Fitness, especially for uh, my gym that I used to own, like I had it all equipped with a bunch of Rogue stuff. That's the best stuff in the world that you can buy. But the the Titan stuff, obviously, it's a little bit cheaper. Like I bought that cable, that functional trainer for I think it was like nine hundred dollars or something like that, and all the reviews on it were were super super good. It has like a lap pull down that comes with it, which 
that will be tough because the dual lap pull down, you need your thighs like locked in and I don't have anything necessary to lock myself in to keep me stable. I'm going to have to like search around and see if I can find like an attachment for my bench or something that I can lock myself in with. And then it has like a low cable row on it as well. It has a pull-up bar and then it has the, the two, the cable pulley system on the sides that adjust up and down. And so, um, just for like the sake of creating content as well, like, I feel like I've kind of exhausted in regards to TikTok, where I post a lot of training information. I've kind of exhausted everything that I can do in regards to barbells and dumbbells for the most part. And so being able to do a lot more tutorials and educational content in regards to like training and building muscle and form and stuff, I felt like the next step for that was to get some cable stuff to start, start showing like how to use different leverage points with different types of movements and, and things like that. So I'm super excited for that as well as I get to use it to train at home with now. So I'm going to have a little bit more um, versatility in regards to how I can create my programming. Cause I'm not just stuck to, to dumbbells and a barbell when I want to train at home. Yeah. I think if there was one piece of equipment that like, if I got a home gym, like what would be the first thing that I'd put in there? I honestly might even say like, I would go with the functional trainer, like yeah. even before the dumbbells, just because I feel like there's like dumbbells, you can work. I mean, pretty much any body part with them, but I think you're limited to resistance profiles and you can't really do any sort of like overhead pulling with them because obviously mm -hmm. gravity's like pushing down on you but like looking at the functional trainer and i have the one that you got pulled up right now so i can see it directly but like i just think people don't understand like how much variety that you can create on a functional trainer just by like rotating your body in different ways and changing the height of the cable yeah it's so true, man. Like I think that, so in my gym now, like I have the adjustable dumbbells that I mentioned that are the five through fifties. One of those is already broken. So I'm down to one adjustable dumbbell from five to fifties. And then I have a pair of just like normal dumbbells that are 15 pounds. And then I have a full stack of bands that go from like really light to really, really heavy. And then I have my squat rack and um, a barbell, obviously with some weight plates and I have an incline or a an adjustable bench press that can go to incline or flat or however you want it to be. Um, and so with that, like, I feel like if somebody's going to get a home gym, I feel like getting something like that where you have a bench as well as like some, a barbell potentially, and maybe like some light dumbbells is a good place to start. Um, but then like the next thing that you had, like before, like I was debating, should I get like five through 75 pound dumbbells or should I get, um, a functional trainer to where it like has all the versatility with the cables and the pull down and the low row, like what would make more sense for like just more variety in training and better resistance profiles. I feel like the functional trainer makes so much more sense because I still have all the stuff I can do with the barbells. I have some of the light work that I can do with even the 15 pound dumbbells, right. In regards to lateral raises and, and a little bit of bicep work, working more in the shortened position, just because the 15 pounders aren't quite heavy enough for, for anything else than that for me. But um, adding the um, functional trainer, I feel like was the next best step in regards to like versatility with the home gym. And then like all I really need now. So I have the squat rack with the pull-up bar on it, the barbell, the incline bench, the very limited dumbbells, the functional trainer, the only other things that I feel like I really need to be able to do like all of my training at home and not necessarily really ever need a gym is like a leg extension slash leg curl. That's like a combination one together. And I'd have to get one. That's probably a, a plate loaded one as well. But if I, if I can add that to the arsenal, 
I think I'm basically set. And then over time I can start adding in um, dumbbells where I can like, hopefully at some point have like five through hundred. So I have absolutely everything that I basically need. And outside of that really don't need much. I think like to set up your, an entire home gym, like you can do it for roughly like three to $5,000 to where you can get solid workouts with a lot of versatility in regards to what you're doing. You're on, you're on silent. Sorry, I keep forgetting my, my dogs keep going nuts and I forget to unmute once they're done bark, barking. But yeah, I mean, just the versatility you have with those things, it's, it's a lot. And I always see those like home gym kind of setups. And one of my favorite things is like looking through and I don't know if you follow Eugene Dio on Instagram, yeah, but like his him. whole gym, he actually went and like handpicked every single piece of equipment in there. And he, he did a video like describing like why he picked each piece of equipment. I love those videos just where it's like old school pieces of machinery yeah. or whatever, just, and just even like updated ones too. But it's, it's amazing. Like just what you can set up with how little equipment, but it's also cool to see like the variation in equipment there is just out there for sale and things that you can find even just for like saving money purposes. Like there is a lot of machines that I think people don't really realize the value of that. Like if you can find like an old high school that's like closing or college that's closing yeah. or like the, where they're upgrading stuff, like they sell a lot of that equipment for pretty darn cheap. And like I said, you can make a really, really solid, just, you know, home investment, you know, with three, three or three or $4,000. Yeah. If that. And so. I think like for me too, at some point, not necessarily like a goal, but kind of a passion and something that I would like to do, not even for financial purposes, really, just because it's something I would enjoy is um, like bringing some clients in to actually work out in the home gym, maybe a couple times a week. Like I always get people, everybody like in my social circle um, knows what I do and like sees me on social media. TikTok is more demographic and that's where my biggest following is obviously. So like, and it has an, a good way of like, if you ever spend a lot of time around people and if they have a TikTok, like you'll come up in their recommendations because, um, our phones have been like next to each other. I think, I feel like you see that a lot on Facebook too, right. Mm -hmm. To where like, if you're talking to somebody in real life, like all of a sudden you see them show up on your social stuff because our phones are all linked and everybody's tracking every damn thing that we do, which I don't love. But anyway, so like in my social circle, my social circle grows a decent amount like throughout each month because I play golf in, in a, a couple different areas, like in a men's league. And so I'm always meeting new guys and having conversations and they're always asking about training and stuff. And like, if I'll help them and I'm like, I'm not really in a position, I'm not going to take somebody to a commercial gym and train them there. Right. Like one, I don't need to do it for financial purposes. Like our online stuff does great. Um, and like, I just, I don't want to commit to that, but like, I think at some point I'll be able to bring people to my home gym and like get them set up on proper training programs and help them go through the programming and train them through that just out of my house, which I feel like would be just a fun hobby to do on the side for, for myself. And I think even as coaches, like we work online, Alex spent a good amount of time working in person before he transitioned to fully online. When he started working for us at Lost and Lifting, like having in-person interaction with your craft, as opposed to everything just online and via email and via phone calls makes you such a better coach in the long term because you're seeing those little things that people are doing incorrectly and you can make content on that because if somebody's doing it incorrectly like at a particular experience level chances are the vast majority are doing it incorrectly right like whenever i'm in a per, in a commercial gym like i'm always 
trying to, and this might sound bad because people are self-conscious of others looking at them when they're training and the vast majority of people could give a shit less what you're doing. But like for me, from like a, a business standpoint, like I'm kind of paying attention a little bit to like different experience levels in the gym and what they're doing. Um, just because it gives me a better understanding of like my own clients in those same situations and potential mistakes that they could be making. So I can have stuff to be able to create content around to better help more people. Again, like hopefully that doesn't make you feel self-conscious because the vast majority of people are not watching you and I'm not judging you. Like I work with people in the same positions that you're in. I'm doing it from a professional standpoint, just to kind of get a better understanding of like common mistakes that, that different people are are making because I know then like my clients are in similar situations are probably making those exact same mistakes. It's funny you say that because something that I've been wanting to do is like create, I used to do these, this kind of like form tutorials, whether it be like, is your knee hurting on a leg extension? Like here's some possible reasons why type stuff or just like, Hey, like here's how you set this movement up in general. But something that I've been doing and caught myself doing is just like you said, looking at more people in the gym and it's not in a weird way, like you said, whatsoever. But when you've worked as an in-person trainer for five, six straight years, it's kind of hard not to go in and kind of be, I don't say like worried, but I almost like feel bad. Like it's almost like if I don't go up and like help them, like I'm not doing my job. And like, I don't ever just yeah. walk up and unless someone's like, in serious like risk of injuring themselves like i just typically kind of mind my own business but the one that i see the most often is like the typical you can call it the lap pull down upper back pull down but the bar you know that's hanging over your head you kind of yeah. pull it to your chest and i always see the people who pull it down but like they pull it down to their lap yeah and it's just like i see that so often and like to some it may seem like very basic but it's just like it reminds us that there's a lot of people out there who you know, may not know that. And that's not on them for not knowing that. It's just people just don't, you know, really know. And, but yeah, I've been wanting to kind of, you know, just look around, see what's going on. And every time I go to the gym, I see three people and I'm like, Ooh, I could do a post about that. Well, I could do a post about that. And I come home and I'm like, what were those things again? So I need to start kind of making notes of like lap pull down video, like flu kickback video and, you know, all these different things. But I think that would be a good series. It's like, Hey, like make this small tweak to make this a little bit more effective or, you know, use this just to keep a little bit more tension on the muscle. And, you know, that would go a long, long way. And so, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's I'm not watching you because I'm weird. I'm watching you because I worked as a trainer for five years and like I genuinely care or it's just like, oh, interesting. Like sometimes I just look and I'm just like, that guy looks freaking jacked. Like I'm not looking to be weird, but I'm like, I appreciate the physique. Like he's worked his ass off. Yeah. Absolutely. I find the same thing too. And from like a content strategy as well, as like a coach trying to to help people through, even just through social media, what I found is like, just people like today, content seems so fluffed up, right? Like there's these like huge, highly edited videos and people getting into like nitty gritty details on nutrition or training or like this exercise is better than that exercise. And like at the end of the day as coaches, we're, we're looking to help everyday people who fitness where fitness isn't like their entire life, but they're trying to incorporate it in a, in a way that's going to benefit their lives in the long term, Right. And like, from my opinion, what can help people more than anything is, and what I found to be the most successful in regards to content really on, 
on social media, on like TikTok and Instagram in regards to like video format is just simple videos to where you set up the camera and you break down exercises on what to focus on without overly complicating the process or using like big biomechanical or science-based words that um, are confusing or most people don't understand just to make yourself sound smart. Like break down exercises in very simple ways. Alex brought this up um, a few months ago inside of our group coaching program to where I had programmed a dumbbell goblet squat and somebody had mentioned something asking about the dumbbell goblet squat. And he actually gave a, a different variation that's a little bit better for hypertrophy, aka building muscle in regards to isolating the quads and taking kind of the core and the scapula out of it to, to not have those be limiting factors to where the quads will become much more of the limiting factor as opposed to the scapula and the core. And it's just a dumbbell suitcase. Um, a dumbbell suitcase hill elevated squat is essentially what it would be called to where you just hold the dumbbells down by your side and elevate your heels. And if you need to hold or use straps with the dumbbell so that your grip doesn't become the limiting factor. And from there, like your quads essentially take on all of the load. And I just did a simple video on that on TikTok, um, kind of breaking that whole process down of like, here's like a goblet squat is great. But like, here's the limiting factors of it. If you're trying to build your quads with the goblet squat, here's a better option and break down how to do this movement. It did. I think it's up to like 7 million views or something insane at this point, which is a, a very simple video showing people like the pros and cons of one exercise and why this other exercise might be a little bit better. And like, it was very simple and it was a, a minute long video of me just breaking it down with no edits, just talking, explaining the 7 million views. You know what I mean? So like, that just goes to show that like simple content that people can look at and be like, oh, I can take this from it and implement it today in my training. Like that's what people need more of content wise, in my opinion, if you're looking to create like more effective content, that's useful, that's going to bring people back to your content because they know when they, they view your stuff and take time out of their day to watch your stuff, like they're actually going to get something from it that they can take and implement even in that day or in that week in their own training, um, which I found to be super, super useful. Your tricep one did really well too. I don't know about the amount of views on it. I don't really look that much, but I had people sending that to me being like, tell him to make more of these videos. Yeah. Cause yeah. like some of them were like this hometown clients, like people who trained with me five years ago and just kind of, or not immigrated, but transitioned from in-person coaching to online coaching. And they were sending me that post and they were like, tell him to do more of these. And it was just like a, when you're Simple, doing triceps, huh? like here's, you know, three positions to train them from like overhead, you know, flexed and extended. It was like two minutes, but I even looked through the comments because I wanted to see what other people were saying. And like one, I noticed the comment section was a lot more active and all the comments were basically just like this. Like I've never had it explained in this way before. Yeah. Because most people would be like inflection and like neutral and in extension and like just overcomplicating it to where if you come in and just use very simple terminology that people can understand and explain their reasoning as to why you're suggesting it. Um, yeah, it just, I found a lot of success with that over the last while. Like I post a lot of those videos on TikTok. I post a decent amount of them on Instagram as well. But if you guys have TikTok and um, you're not following us on there, it's just at lost and lifting and you'll get like four to six videos per week to where I'm most of the time just breaking down very simple training tactics that you guys can take and use right away in, in your own training. But we've been going here for about 50 minutes. I was going to hop into some questions, but I feel like we had a pretty good conversation around like home gyms in regards to what kind of, um, 
equipment's probably best if you're looking to equip a home gym. We had a good conversation around um, like scheduling your workouts into your day and treating them like a like a meeting to be able to create more consistency and accountability to yourself with that. And so I feel like we've jammed a good amount of um, value into this. So this is probably where we should just go ahead and end it. So Alex, where can people be able to follow along to your stuff? I know you don't put out a ton of content, but I know that you do sometimes. And um, I want to make sure that people are are following along to you as well. So if they're listening to the podcast, they can at least see your face um, on social media and kind of put a face to the voice. My Instagram username is Alex underscore Johansson. Um, I'll link that down below so that he yeah, doesn't have to just spell don't that link out. The, like, the 13 year old Swedish kid. Remember yeah. last time you, <laughs> I do you miss. So if you, if you mistype my name by one S it's someone completely different. And so the joke is the first time I was there from the podcast, he, Chaz missed an S and it took people to like a completely different profile. And I was like, Chaz, like, I don't want people thinking like, this is like the face behind the name. <laughs> like, please change this ASAP. But yeah, um, Chaz will have it linked. It's a bit of a long name, so it's a bit hard to spell. But yeah, I do actually plan on getting posting up a bit. Um, nice. Hence why I brought up like, hey, like I like I'm going to start posting more form videos because the best way to be accountable is to like, have you know the hundreds of you who listen to this podcast like hey like he said he was gonna be posting this like where is it so like in a week like if you don't see a post whoever's listening just like shoot me a dm and be like what hey like just so you know like you lied like you lied on the podcast and no i don't i don't want to be that guy so I'm, I'm gonna start that up next week more, you but, better because i'm gonna bring it up next week yeah but no good episode on building kind of home gym equipment to kind of pick i mean yeah we did a little bit of everything resistance profiles exercise selection sleep so yes. kind of a random episode but i mean i think well um just good topics kind of all the way around yeah and we run this thing off of the cuff whatever kind of comes up comes up i've not to structure them in the past but it's never quite as natural and so i like just being able to have a conversation so that we can catch up as well but alex i appreciate you man um all of you who are listening i appreciate you all as well the one thing that we ask like we don't allow sponsors to to sponsor these episodes. We don't really ask for a whole lot from you guys. The only thing that I do ask is that if you are finding value from these episodes and you're enjoying listening on a week to week basis, um, which I know there are a lot of you, I get lots of DMs and, and have conversations with people on phone calls that are inquiring about coaching who are all listening to the podcast as well. And so the only thing that I ask if you, if you're capable of it is just going down below and leaving us a star rating and a written review if possible. In regards to podcasts, the only way for us to be able to grow is through reviews. That's how we get bumped up in the algorithm is the more reviews that we get and feedback, the higher up in the listing that we go to be able to accumulate more video or more, uh, viewers so that it keeps us motivated to keep on per producing more and more of this content. So if you guys could do that, I'd greatly, greatly appreciate it either on Spotify or iTunes, whatever that may be. So we appreciate y'all for listening. Hope you have an amazing day and we'll chat with you very soon.